It wasn't that long ago that churches were offering seeker services. Even some of our Lutheran congregations dabbled in it, sometimes having them in places, you know, like public venues and schools and things. And the thinking behind these seeker services was people who don't know Jesus could somehow be attracted to a church-like venue that offers answer to their spiritual questions and their temporal needs. Jill and I experienced some of these types of services when we were living in St. Louis. Uh, some seminary students got together and uh, formed a seeker service at the Schlafly Brewery in St. Louis. They had uh, large meeting rooms there, and they also had a bar and restaurant. And the idea was that if, you, if we had a church service at the, Schlaff, at the brewery, you know, where people are there to eat and drink, mostly drink beer, right? Uh, that they might pop their head in, in there and see what's going on and be like, hey, you know, there's a church service here at a brewery. I'll check this out. And through continued participation, they would come to know Jesus. Now, I, I, I think it worked for a couple of people. Not sure, but that wasn't the only thing. Joel and I also was also connected with a, uh, a church in downtown St. Louis that had a coffee house type of seeker service where young people were encouraged to come and drink coffee and connect with Christians there and then, you know, whatever they were seeking, they might find there through this coffee house seeker service environment. And then when we came here to Portland area, Jill and I were able to experience some of these things up in Portland. And you know, they, they take on kind of a similar look and feel, these seeker services. They're, they're often dark. You know, the lights are down really low, and there's candles and crosses and little artifacts or remnants of a traditional church to give the seeker the visual assurance that, yeah, this, this, is, this is a church. This is Christianity, right? Well, let me put this to you. All Christian worship including ours right now, is a seeker service. Because seeking is all over the place in Scripture, and it forms the basis for our worship. God says to the prophet Jeremiah, you will seek me and find me. You will seek me with all your heart. David writes in Psalm 63, O God, you are my God, I earnestly seek you. Christ tells his disciples, seek the kingdom of God, and these things will be added to you. And he says later in Luke, ask and it will be given to you, seek and you will find, knock and the kingdom will be opened for you. For everyone who asks receives, and the one who seeks finds, and the one who knocks it will be opened. What are you seeking, Jesus asked the two disciples of John who were following him around. The what, Jesus asks, is really the who, isn't it, right? Who are you seeking? If you remember last Sunday, I pointed out at Jesus' baptism that his cousin John the Baptist was the famous one at the time. He was the one getting all the attention, and Jesus had become an, an unknown person since his time in the synagogues around 12 years old, whatever. But now it's time for the great reversal to happen today in our reading today, right? It's time now for Jesus to increase and John to decrease. In fact, John will slip away into the background only to be heard of again 
when he upsets the wife of the new King Herod and gets his head chopped off and put on a platter. Two followers of John the Baptist leave him and follow Jesus. One of them was Andrew. The other was John. Another John. Must have been a popular name for boys in Judea at that time. Andrew and the Apostle John were faithful Jews who were seeking the Messiah. Like other Jews at the time who were paying attention and, and holding on to the prophecy, they were waiting for a Messiah to free the, free the people from Roman tyranny. They were waiting for one who would restore Jerusalem to power as the capital of the Jewish people. And they were waiting for someone to heal the sick. Andrew and John and others were seeking the Messiah, all right. But did they know what kind of a, of a Messiah they were seeking? That's the question. What are you seeking? That's another question. What are you seeking? Are you seeking what all people are seeking? Answers to the world's problems? A lot of us are. We just don't know what to do about them or how to solve them. What are you, what are you seeking closer to home, though, for yourself? You know, having been preaching now for going on 14 years, you pick up on the regular patterns and examples of the problems of sin and so forth. And when it comes to people's desires and what, what they're seeking, what they're looking for, the usual pattern for preachers is we're all seeking power and prestige and we want anything that we can get. We're seeking money and fame and popularity and superiority over other people. Well, that may be all well and good. <laughs> but I've known most of you now for 14 years and if you're seeking power and fame and fortune and superiority, man, you're not working very hard at finding it. <laughs> I mean... Are any of you running for state legislature or office? Are, are any of you clawing your way up the corporate ladder at work to be the big cheese at the office or the factory? And money. I mean, we're blessed to get what we get, but I don't see anyone here driving a Bugatti, you know? Or offering to let me and Jill fly on, on your Learjet to visit our in-laws. Boy, that would be nice, though. <laughs> but if you're going to buy a jet, buy a Gulfstream. It has a larger lavatory than a, than a Learjet. Learjet's just got this little thing you have to sit on. Look, here at little old St. Paul, you know, we're regular people trying to make a living or live on a fixed income, raise families and trying to get through school and just trying to get through the day in one piece. What on earth could we be seeking that would be so self-serving as to be sinful? Only you would know. But there are other things we're seeking which are more known and universal. How about a sense of identity? Hmm? Sin confuses us as to our relationships with others and where we fit into certain groups, even in the church or just in society in general. We seek a sense of security, but sin means we're going to get sick if we haven't already. And when we get sick, we might lose some of our 
functions of our body, and that might cause us to lose a sense of security. We seek meaning and purpose. What does God want me to do? Am I supposed to be doing something big and great for the world? But sin can cause us to overthink that one and despair that we're not saving everyone. In the end, what we're really seeking, God has already provided us in Jesus Christ. God gives us His Son, the Lamb of God, who takes away the sin of the world, our sin. If you're not clear about what you're seeking, then just look at Andrew and John in our reading today. When John the Baptist tells them, look, there he is. There's the Lamb of God. There's the one you and I have been waiting for. There he is. Andrew and John, they just drop whatever it was they were doing, and they follow Jesus from that point on. And they're headed in the right direction. Jesus will do for them what he does for you. You don't know who you are or how you fit in? Jesus restores your identity. You are His, and He is yours. He made you to know Him and to make Him known to those you know. And you fit in with those who are following Him. You fit in with a crowd tens of thousands of years in the making. One day, you and I will know people we've never met before because they lived long before you and I were around, and we'll meet those that aren't even born yet. You belong among others who belong to Jesus. Your security, well, Jesus restores that too. He's made you right with God the Father by removing your sin from you, even though we still sin. He holds you securely in His hands as He leads you through these tumultuous times, through green pastures and to still waters. He restores your meaning and purpose. Since death isn't really the end, the work you do for God's people for this world, it has value. It has meaning. And like Andrew, we get to tell others of this Jesus. That's a purpose. And that has eternal value. So, is being delivered from all the effects and consequences of sin what we're seeking? It's what I'm seeking. And if it is for you too, then we need the one who has done the delivering. We need Jesus who has delivered the goods. When Jesus showed up at the river, seemingly anonymous, it was John the Baptist who announced to the world and reminded everyone that the Messiah has arrived to deliver the goods of salvation to all who would listen and believe to deliver them from sin and death. So, as a result of this, may all our worship here be a seeker service. Even though we have Him and He has us, may you and I continue seeking God with all our hearts because that's what He wants. May we continue seeking the kingdom of God so that all things from Him would be added to us and the kingdom be opened for us. May it be so for you. And may the peace of God, which surpasses all human understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus.